0: it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! alive. Where shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll get some silence first. And then we can go. Oh god, I should, I should mention, um, I had some mm-hmm. spicy food for lunch, so <laughs> I might interrupt the recording. That'll just up- make it all the more entertaining. I had the proper spicy um, ramen. <laughs> oh god, no. god, I-, I was absolutely uh, <laughs> dead. Anyway, are we recording? Yes. Oh my god, this is the cold open. Hello, and welcome back to Taking On Hollywood. I'm Alex, and as always, I'm joined by Sonny. It's me, hello. Third time lucky third time lucky the first recording went okay the second one was it didn't go too great had a few technical hitches um and my brain decided well, we, to we had to record it twice stupid. and that was the second yeah. film in a franchise so maybe we'll have to record this one three times maybe maybe with every episode we'll have to record it more well, that's going to be horrible. Anyway, this is Taking Hollywood, the show where we give our take on Hollywood, review a different film every week. Film or TV show. Film or TV show. We haven't gotten to a TV show yet. Not yet. We're no. not brave enough for that. Um, but we are brave enough. I'm segueing. I'm, I'm hopping on my segue to Godfather 3. We're brave enough to take that on. Oh my. This movie. so for the last two episodes, if you're not aware, we've... Uh, reviewed godfather part one and two yes uh universally acclaimed films Uh, part three not so much and i can definitely see why yes for me it was i it's it's not a bad bad movie but it's not it doesn't feel like it's worthy of the godfather name well yeah i i like bits of it i really like bits of it i really i love the ending i don't like a lot of stuff in between. Yeah. Oh God. But the ending is perfect to the end of a trilogy. If they just take the clip from the end of Michael sat in his, in the villa that we've seen in every movie by now. Yeah. Um, when he spoilers, he passes away. He has like a stroke. I read online because it's kind of ambiguous. It's spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And he, he's basically just remembering his life and how awful it was. That was great with the flashback sequence. Um, yeah. His whole story of regretting things was great, even though it was kind of also a bit sad, <laughs> but yeah. And also the themes were on point and the, the, it just wasn't, the movie didn't feel very well executed. Well, funny to mention this. Um, the film wasn't originally going to be called the Godfather part three. It was supposed to be called the death of Michael Corleone. So it's supposed to be a spinoff technically. Yeah, I heard that paramount were like, we want the Godfather name, so it'll sell more. And that led to yeah, part of yeah, exactly. the hatred. Exactly. Because people have a certain expectation for a Godfather film. Like the Godfather films are a very um, specific story. Yeah, Part one and part two are very, they're definitely two halves of the same story. Yeah. Whereas part three is like, it's, it is definitely a spinoff. It's still, it's not, I don't know. It's, it's good. It's, it's like Rogue One or Solo. <laughs> no, well, I can we before we go any further, can we make a promise not to do any Star Wars <laughs> stuff? Because last episode, that's all I know. It's the only episode, other... Like we were, we were talking about. This, we we spent more time talking about talking, talking stuff, about Star Wars, Star Wars <laughs> than the Star Wars news we were supposed to be talking about on news. It's true. Uh, let me think of another comparison. Um, it's like. The Iron Man movie compared to the Avengers. It's a character study of one man. It's not I mean, really to, about to the family at f- this point. To be point. fair, um, the Iron Man movie pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it, it basically, it felt standalone and you could tell. But it felt like they tried to force it to fit into the Godfather formula after Coppola had the idea because the studio wanted it to be that. Yeah. So, so with him the and fact uh, that it, Mario Puzo as well yeah but the fact that they gave it that name also probably led to worse reviews because people were expecting a certain quality that in the end i don't think we got well i i heard um that there was supposed to be a godfather part three yeah and then it was supposed to be actually, but then it never got made i think it was i think it was like the story was re rewritten to like a fit some other films so there's films out there that are, that are technically the godfather part 3 but they don't have anything to do with it huh cuz it's the same script just with like the names changed and everything weird it was supposed to be like the Mike Corleone family getting through like the drug adult 70s or something that was what it's supposed to be that would have been interesting then that never got made obviously and then 20 i think the film took too long yeah if if they were going to do part three, they should have gone, if, we're doing part, if you want us to do part three, let me write it. But they had this script, and then it was sort of last minute. They we were like, no, it has to be part three. But it's like, we haven't written it to be at all. Part yeah, three it's just weird. What I will say is this, series, or this um, movie lends itself to a part four, but not necessarily... It would because the actors would all be the right age. I think at the moment it would be interesting to see a series about the new Don, who is Vincent. He becomes the new Don. Yeah, um, it'd be cool to have a series about him, and and occasionally maybe he'll go to Pacino for like advice. That yeah, that could be interesting. You you forget he's he's um, he's still alive. Yeah, he's alive for seventeen years between the end of three and then the the, the last shot when he dies. Like he has seventeen years of just being miserably retired and alone in Sicily, I think, like two sausage dogs. Yeah, and I think, um, I think I don't think I think he would then he would just go I'm done and he would just completely lock himself away. Yeah, I feel like he'd, he'd kind of he he'd be a guy if you did a um a off with the new Don, I don't think you would have Michael in it at, at all because it wouldn't make sense really. I think perhaps Michael continued. Advising him from afar, maybe like how Michael kept visiting Don. What's his name, T- Tomasio? Well, the uh, the the other older Don. Yeah, the guy that appears in all three, who's like in the wheelchair, oh. and gets murdered in oh, this yeah. one. Michael's kind of like that, I think, to Vincent, where he's in Sicily. He well, he doesn't want a part of this anymore. He's kind of away from it, but he's not object. He doesn't object to people asking advice of him, and that kind of stuff. I don't know. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Like because a, w- a wise old hermit in this film, he's not even the don. Yeah, for most of it. Well, he's not. easy. it he isn't like he doesn't do any. Like, there's no criminal. Yeah, that's true. There's, there's like slight dodgy business dealings, but there's nothing again. Like the criminal. whole plot. It's the very... whole plot is like it isn't based around the mafia, which is I think where the film falls short. Like. What is it? Some bizarre pope conspiracy? Yeah, it's, it's, it's based like, on a real life conspiracy. The Vatican Bank having like a twenty five percent stake in, um, I forget the name of it. Uh, the, the name of the anyway, it's some. It was like im it was billionaire like, or something. It was like im billionaire, and I was like, how do you? Yeah. Say, they were like saying it, and then I saw it written down in the film, and I was like, that's not. It was a real. It. it was a real um, financial institution though i think and the vatican had a large thing in it and the pope um in this movie the guy who becomes pope yeah he is based on a real life pope that died suddenly and so a bunch of people came up with conspiracies about him and the vatican bank which is something they actually did with godfather one and two they based it on conspiracy theories and kind of linked nicole Leones to it which was quite amusing so they still had that going for them it was based in real life again yeah but it it felt unnecessary it felt like a weird subplot that didn't need to be there yeah because it's when it's not like in this led in these mafia films the mafia is still in the film but they're not the driving force like in the first two the rivalry between mafia families is what or mafia organizations is what the story is about like in the first one it's the guy who wants to start selling drugs. And uh, in the second one, it's a uh, Hyman Roth. Yeah. But in this one, it's like, no, it's, there isn't even a, a real villain. Apart from it, Joey Zaza. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, Joey Zaza is thought to be the villain, but then it turns out he was framed by that creepy old man, Ab- Altabello, the one that dies from the cannoli and has like the baby doll hand on his cane. That weirdo. And the guy, who di- the guy who dies in the, Yeah the thing the, the 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 yeah what are they that was oh my god how big is that cannoli it was massive <laughs> it's crazy he's like eating it throughout he was eating it throughout the entire like two hour performance i, <laughs> like, don't know. No. No. I was like well, maybe was he's great. old. i mean old people don't have that i guess appetite. but yeah he was kind of supposed to be the main villain but there were so many villains; it was so hard to keep track of. It was worse than like Roth, and also he was just a, a Hyman Roth knockoff. Like he was an old friend of the Don or acquaintance of the Don who turned against him once Michael's in power. Like it's the it's the same. <laughs> I I barely understood what was going on. in that climax. It goes on for way too long. They could have cut yeah like a good five minutes, and it would have been completely fine. Yeah, and then. Or like they could have cut, I don't know, ten minutes, and it would have been, comp- it would have been the same. It's just people walking around while uh, an opera's going on, and it's like the, the assassin reminds me, the two assassins remind me of like Laurel and Hardy. They were just so incompetent. It's just, just like running about, like, Woop, Woop, like the three stoog- yeah, the three Stooges running about picking up weapons. You can't even wait five who, seconds for Michael to who has Michaels the, sniper, sit who has back the sniper, the sniper rifle. Yeah, he's awful. He kills Don Tomasio in the worst way possible. And he, and he misses. He, doesn't even, he, he misses. He kills the wrong girl, person. He kills Mary. Well, he kills Mary. He tries to kill Michael after he's killed Tomasio because Tomasio is the one that um, Michael keeps going to see in every movie in Sicily. Mm. And then he's in the car and, and the, the assassins kill him. And then later oh, on, they try yes. and kill Michael and they kill Mary instead. You uh, <laughs> felt like a, a stereotypical, like, incompetent assassin. And that's something I felt throughout this movie. There was a lot of like walking stereotypes. Dude, it's proper tone deaf. Yeah. This film. They don't they don't commit to a tone at all. It's it's weird. The first two movies felt so real, and this one feels like a weird fantasy world where everyone's a bit stupid and kinda doesn't or generic. It's It's um we should point out to anyone listening. Normally we go or we have so far gone through like seem slight important scenes, but I think for this yeah. we're just going to be all over the shop. We're, we, yeah, there's no, <laughs> we have too much to say. We're just going to go off the w- top. Of our head. <laughs> what I will say about the the first scene is that it does that formula of having a party again, but no, it's not. No, I'll tell effective. you the very first scene where it's panning through the old Corleone house. I under, like that, and it's in ruin, and then like. He's like writing with a with a quill that letter to his kids, and it's like, my children. Hooah. Yeah, that that was nice. And then when it got to the party, it does the party thing, but it it doesn't feel the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. It first of all, the cinematography is very different. It's, it's very and yeah. the design. It's very brown, very murky, not very happy, which I guess works. Because and there's not many people we know. It doesn't feel happy Johnny or Fontaine. great. It doesn't feel familiar. I mean, yeah, he comes back and that's he's about back. it. And his his sister, that's about it for the people we know. Yeah, and um, I mean, I knew it. I guess Tom it, Tom Hagen, ugh. he did have. Well, was, ugh. He did have um kids. And yeah, a wife. He had a, I don't know why he wasn't in this though. Well, I do, but it, it makes it annoys me. Well, he's not his character's dead, but I did Rob because Robert Duvall's not dead. No. What happened was Robert Duvall kind of wanted to be in it. Yeah. But he said that there were people in the cast, like outside of Pacino and all the, like the new cast who were getting paid more than him. And he was like, I'm just not going to put up with that, which is fair enough. I mean, he's a veteran of the series. Like if you're going to ask a man yeah. to come back 20 years later, pay him. Like, apparently Coppola went to his house and he made him, uh, his mother's crab cakes an offer he couldn't refuse yeah <laughs> Duval made Got his up. mom's crab cakes and then Copler called him back over the next few days and he said he was actually more interested in his crab cake recipe <laughs> than him being in the movie <laughs> oh, wow. oh come on oh that's wow. just sad but yeah it's so sad that another great character just gets written off oh he died here's his son he's something he's a priest I guess he's a, pri- a priest I was like what what planet yeah. are we on? It's plausible. And then he just pitches up around when when Michael goes to yeah. the Vatican. He's just there. Like, I think they do mention End of the opera. He went, he's just sat next to Michael at the and opera. And he's back at the opera. I was like, what's this guy doing? He, had, he literally served no purpose other than to be like, we didn't forget about Tom. He's just not here. Yeah. First of all, Michael says he needs more lawyers. So where the heck is Tom in universe? I mean, I guess he's dead. But Well, they say he's dead. They say he's dead, but I'm just like, I don't know. It just annoyed me that they had that line, like, I need more lawyers. I'm just like, Tom, get Tom, <laughs> please. Oh, yeah, get Tom, the guy who ha- they literally describe as a great lawyer or one of the, the best, best lawyers. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's why Michael's son was trying to be a lawyer because he needed another one. one. I don't know. Well, then he turns out to be an opera singer. I was like, what? Yeah. Okay, uh, a really bad lip-syncing opera singer. By the way, I, I didn't know it's like it was terrible. I have bad eyes. Everyone, I've he, he clearly was just opening his mouth, and they were like, "I was over. gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say like, before you just said that, I was gonna say. I was later on when we got to that bit, I was gonna say that guy's a pretty good singer. But if he's lip syncing, yeah, I think he is. Uh, correct me if I wrong anyone, but I think he's lip syncing. Someone's gonna be um, in a comment going, "Actually, it's a very it's it's a <laughs> opera technique to not match up your mouth to what's it's, coming out of it. It's called voice throwing. Yeah, it's throwing of it. Um, unironically, the best part of the movie that made me go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, was when michael's cake was brought to him at the party and they were like made by enzo the baker i was like enzo the guy who helped him outside the don's hospital when he was like shaking and like oh are you serious that's the bit that that made you go oh my god yes that that's how how little this movie affected me wow the bit that made me go wow that's cool that's a cool little connection it's it's enzo baking michael's cake now I'll tell you the bit. That, I'll tell you the bit that <laughs> made me literally say, "Now that's how you do an ending." Was the ending mm. because it's for very, it's yes. so well. That's incredibly well done. It is. I and, I loved how they dealt with Michael's past in this. That's the one thing I really like. I also loved um, when Michael first has a stroke in the scene where he says, "But does it, he? He has know, like a diabetic fit or something?" Well, yeah, whatever. But they call it. A stroke. It's weird. They call it. A stroke. I don't know why he has diabetes. Is anyway. It's so all those oranges. Oh, that's my theory. It's so the all those same oranges. Where, where he goes, just when they they think I'm out, they pull me back in, and then he has like a. They pull me back in. They, they, they grab me by the shirt. Just what I think about. Anyway, we're not going <laughs> to pain yeah, anyone great. with our terrible Al Pacino impressions. Ooh, wow. And then he, he, oh my god, that scene is both amazing and weird. Well, yeah, and I loved it because he because he thinks he's dying, obviously, because he's like. I don't know, his heart's exploded or whatever. And he says, and he starts screaming Fredo's name. And I thought, wow, that's him finally. Yeah. He's admitting to the world before he goes. He, yeah. And I was like, that's I interpreted really, it as that's really good. As he can see Fredo because he's like seeing the light. I was like, whoa. Well, oh. It's very Shakespearean. And apparently, uh, Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola were inspired by Shakespeare when huh. doing this film. And I could see there's a lot of Shakespeare parallels. Yeah. Like in King Lear, one of the famous plays, that scene where he has a stroke is um, similar to a scene in that play. And I think a guy literally says, quotes Shakespeare. um, You know, Joey Zaza, he quotes Shakespeare. He says something like, Shakespeare wrote. uh, So does... um uh albet Albetolo? I, I can't remember the names there's so many people in apologies this to uh, the whole of italy for uh, alto it. that's it he says he quotes oh no he didn't quote shakespeare he quotes the bible so it's a very cultured piece but the problem is i, I noted this it's it's it all feels very theatrical it mm. all feels a bit over the top yeah. the first two movies felt real like look at michael in the second one he's a man of few words it's like um hopkins in westworld he has very th- these violent delights have violent ends they, they do that in a good way they make it feel very sinister and mm-hmm. they did that in the original two godfathers they had these little ditties and sayings but in the third one it felt like it was it was a reference fest like i kept picking up references to michael how he kept quoting his father and he kept quoting yeah like, yeah they, i definitely it, it all felt very over the top um yeah I mean, I think, that scene where he, he starts convulsing like, Fredo, they said Thunder wouldn't do this. Fredo! Like, there's Thunder in the background. He starts screaming about Thunder and Fredo. It's, it's, I, I chuckled at that. Even though it was kind of sad, I was like, huh. Because it's like, <laughs> well, oh well my God. like, I was starting to lose interest in that scene. Yeah. And I was like, and then I, looked, I looked away and it, and my attention dropped. And then I just heard this screaming coming from my t- <laughs> TV and I was like, looked up and I was like, woke myself up. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, and I had to rewind <laughs> because I had no idea what was going on. It's like Pacino said, as soon as you get, you're out, they pull you back in. But after that, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't bored by the film, but I was confused. Yes. Yeah. Like I was entertained. Like it's, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone <laughs> F1 act. Axwell, I mean, for the most part. Hmm. Let's we'll get on, on, we'll yeah, get on get, to, um, yeah. I know who you mean. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oi oi oi. <laughs> that, whole, that whole thing was just... Blah. Yeah. So I think everything with Michael, and I think it's very similar to um, a lot of 20-year uh, sequels, you know, sequels that take place 20 years yeah. ago. It's the legacy characters are written well because you know the people who are writing them they they have basically everything to base it off so they're all done well but it's all the new characters that are are weak or don't they don't have anything to do really like what if you you took vincent out of this film or mary or tony god love him uh, tony corleone the tragic opera singer. <laughs> what does he what does he even do in this film? Nothing. Nothing. He serves as a purpose to like make them all, all do something big at the end. I mean that's like that's basically it. Yeah, but it could have been literally it could have been anyone. It could have been a no named opera singer in that scene. It didn't have what what's the what what impact does it have? It's just a way of getting Michael I, to <laughs> the opera.
1: But he could I, just go I anyway. did like
0: I did like that, that Michael gets to for for a brief moment, he's he's revoked the family business. He's he's free of it a bit, yeah. And he and he finally gets to sit down and see and be a, a father and appreciate his son's work. Like the picture comes back from the second one. He's like, do you like it? The drawing of like the limo. Oh, I did like like that. It, his he yeah. He finally gets to sit down and 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 appreciate his son's work and 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 be happy for him that he's not going to be part of this horrible business, and obviously, like 10 minutes later that's taken away from him horribly, and the rest of his life becomes miserable. yeah but just as hes that's quite I think it adds to that pain of just as Michael thinks he's free, just as he thinks his family's safe, it all goes downhill so awful, like so awfully again. Yeah. So I quite like that i I did like Mike and Kay in Sicily that felt like a, yeah, I that, really that, like that. That was a natural progression. That was like, yes, they would go here and they would reconcile at the end yeah. of their life. Well, not the end of their lives, but you know what I mean? Like, but close enough <laughs> in the twilight, in the twilight of their life, they would, they would yeah. go here and they would understand each other. Yeah. And then obviously I, I, I can guarantee Kay hates him now because, uh, you know, he, <laughs> oh, he, he got, he got Mary, Mary killed. I was like, Oh, God. Oh, just when things are, yeah, looking up, Just when they think you're out, they you know, pull you back in. They pull you back in. It's it's the truth. But that, yeah, that whole Sicily sequence led to one of my favorite scenes, which is Michael and Kay kind of saying, you know, we, they never stopped being in love with each other. Yeah. They just couldn't stand each other. And the the way their lives had gone was just unfortunate. But they had some, like, spiritual connection in a way. So it was yes. quite tragic that the real life kept ripping them apart. So it, it was really heartfelt. And another one of my favorite scenes was Michael's confession. Um, with the guy who the... becomes the Pope. Yeah. What I coincidence? Like, I was like, what? I was like, is this, yeah, I, that I felt like, weird. I was like, is this guy going to like blackmail? Is the Pope going to blackmail Michael? And then it just certainly <laughs> just well, dies. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought they would do something with that, but I think the point was he was a very religious man and he, the whole point was that he becomes Pope and th- kind of throws a spanner in the works hmm. because the Vatican Bank were gonna give Michael a stake in their in um chibillionaire or <laughs> <im- Im- Im- imbo billionaire don't know And then they were gonna like do some weird legal trickery and con him out of money. And then this new Pope was actually wanting to be honest and actually sell the Vatican share to Michael as an honest businessman. So they had the Pope killed and they also wanted like Michael killed, I guess. Or was that altabello See what I mean? There's so many plot lines going on. They all kind of merge into one big thing that doesn't quite yes. work. Um, I thought two was confusing. Another tone, deaf, another weird bit that made me think, God, this film's really tone deaf. It's when, the helicopter shoots down and shoots all the mob people in the, like one of, <laughs> one of the only mob scenes in the film. And it's like, you're like, Oh my God, like do, 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 all these people are dying. Yeah. And then like this guy just start. I've got it written in my notes, right? Oh Poss- God. Right. Possibly too much violence. This is my notes. Like uh, nothing has any weight to it. Like in the first film or the second. Exactly. Film you can count the number of violence in only one hand or two. And hands all these whatever. characters kind of meant something to some extent. You'd been familiarized with them. But they now, didn't just Now appear. a guy gets stabbed in the, by glasses, which was so oh. stupid and overly. Yeah. Like they were building yeah. up to it. I was like, just get on with it. God's sake. Like yeah. it's like, they keep cutting back to this guy getting patted down like three times. And then he just goes, <laughs> the mo- stabs the guy. I was like, what's the point of That, that- that wasn't even the worst death for me. The worst one was the Archbishop being thrown down the stairwell towards the camera. That looks so awful. I don't remember that. I think I was like, well, I I saw it in the behind the scenes and then that shot and it stuck in my mind because I was like, that shot is awful. Is that from three? And then I watched three and saw the shot again. I was like, oh yeah, that why it's like a rag doll with Bishop clothes on, like flopping about falling down a stairwell towards the camera. It doesn't look, good at all was there an irish man in this film was one of the archbishop's irish yeah that was the one that gets killed the one that looks like mr bean and like looks looks really creepy i was like is he irish like it completely like because like he's in the opening scene he's the one that like gives michael the medal or something you know for being amazing or whatever yeah and and he like sounds he's like Speaking in Latin or whatever, and then, and then, like he goes, oh, top of the morning to you. you right, top of the morning, Michael. Hello." He's called Gilday, I think. Gilday, yeah, Gilday. He's um, basically, Michael gets introduced to the church through that kind of medal, and then they oh. use that. They both use it as a way to kind of do their dodgy dealings more, I guess. Uh, back to the um, the uh, the helicopter killing everyone scene. Oh yeah, so oh, I've got in my notes. Also a bit tone deaf. All these people are dying and they cut to a guy yelling about his coat. That's what I've written in my notes. I, I wrote that down too. My lucky coat. My lucky coat. He's like holding onto his coat. The man's about to die and he's holding onto his coat, screaming my lucky coat. What? And then, and then the whole, <laughs> that's the only scene I was like, is that a reference? Is that something? Cause it was like the whole film grinds to a halt. It does it again as well in that scene. Because the guy is, this guy's covered in blood, bleeding to death. And he's like in a cartoon manner, like, oh, you whippersnapper. He's shaking his fist in the sky going, curse you, Johnny Saz- Joey Sazza. It's like, oh God, this what? I don't oh, think what? I saw that because I would roll in my eyes so much. Oh yeah, it was there. It was bad it's just this guy like curse you joey sasha uh! and then the flipping out when he leaves he's like i must go now he's like doing all these weird hand gestures and backing out the door awkwardly and like doing a little dance <laughs> oh i must go i oh eh, he's even weirder than michael i bet i and you know the guy who like the old guy with the hand baby hand on his cane or whatever yeah they don't they don't make him a villain there's no like you couldn't If you didn't know, which I didn't, I was like, "Wait, that guy was the villain." (laughs) They don't tell me. I was like, "It's not made clear. It's not made clear at all." Like, there's like most ninety percent of his scenes are him being nice to Michael, and then it turns out, oh, he was the one that tried to kill him. I was like, "Well, it's it's kind of the same as Roth, where it's all about deception." But Joey Zaza Zaza is supposed to be the villain. With Roth, they told us, yeah. Well. I had to read, I was reading the wiki entry as I went along. Cause that's what I like to do with the Godfather movies. So I make sure I'm up to date. Yeah. And it said that apparently Michael had figured out Al Bello was trying to frame Joey Zaza so he could kill all the mafia bosses. Yeah. And, and then Vincent, I guess doesn't pick up on this and has Joey Zaza killed. And then Michael gets all angry about it because he knows that it's not Zaza who's actually behind it all. Yeah. But it's not made very clear. At all, and there's so many other plot lines with Michael and and the Vatican that it's like I can't imagine. It's like it. three I movies. Can't, I can't imagine being an actor in this film and reading that script and going, yeah, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I'll do this. I yeah. mean, they're probably like arty-farty oh, types, so they probably get it. I was like, well, they probably saw the paycheck. A couple of idiots, be like because we have no idea. Yeah, but. One thing I did like is in the first one, Coppola exposed the mafia. In the mm. second one, he exposed politicians. In the third one, he exposes the church. So he kind of shows that kind of rumored thing that, well, that, I'm, that everyone's corrupt. Every, every big institution's corrupt, and he shows that, which I like. It's clear in this film, they, they make it out that the religion's not a problem. Like there are good people like the new Pope. There are decent people, but, but it, it, it's, it's so extravagant and it's so powerful that it attracts these bad people who they can then use their powerful positions to abuse, you know, their power essentially. Well, what annoyed money me? And fame. I'll tell it's you what, like those not- mega, mega churches. Oh my God. I'll tell you what give of those. in this film. They, sh- they like glorify it. It's like, look at these amazing religious buildings. It just annoyed me because I was like, why, what? It's annoyed me as like a person who's not not religious, but I think it it points the fact that they're exposing them because why does the church have all this magnificent like architecture and why are they so influential? It shows the level of corruption like and it and they show the little people like the people who just believe in God and are pure hearted and and just believe that what they're doing is right and they're supporting yes. this church with their money who who, at, when at the top there's these horrible people who kind of are giving it a bad name and using it for all the wrong reasons. And they're the ones who live in these grand like palaces basically, because they've abused this system the same way people abuse the political system. It's like democracy is not a bad thing, but the people who twist it, Oh, it's the same with religion. It's not a bad thing, but, there are cases where people abuse it. There are cases where people just get involved in it to become powerful. Yeah. So I, I like that. I like that part of the movie. It's, you know, again, they did the same with politicians in two. It's about exposing the, the bad people in every way of life. Yeah. No matter how pure something. If, seems. They a, if they did a fourth one, what would it, um, who would they have to expose? Um, Facebook yes yeah actually that'd be a good one it would be very relevant yeah but for coppola probably can't use face facebook because he's quite old i want a scene in godfather 4 um where they go to meet mark zuckerberg and someone's like programming something into the back of his brain with a chip i don't want <laughs> another godfather. i don't want any more godfathers i don't want another film but i think another tv show would be like a spin-off about uh, Vincent could be entertaining if done really well and really tastefully and, and not out of, not out of money, but for respect to the movies and respect. If to they the rewrote Vincent's character completely. Yes. Well, he'd grow and learn. Cause uh, I guess we're going to talk about Vincent now because can I have we, to we, say about, can we, can we move into the elephant in the room, which is uh, literally everyone else in the film. That's not is, from the previous two is, dreadful awful dreadful terrible awful tony corleone mary corleone vincent mancino or, or whatever his name is who then becomes yeah. vincent corleone terrible and it's not just because of sophia coppola's acting which is awful. Ooh. yeah it, it's and not great it's not god lover she can direct really well yeah, she's a great yeah. director but if you haven't seen I, lost in oh. translation watch it it's really funny but she can't act. I, can't, I Yeah. I get the feeling that she didn't want to be there. Like her dad was like, you're going to be in this movie. And she was like, just disinterested. She was basically a disinterested teenager. Well, I mean, it didn't, came she have, didn't she have like a week? It was like, no, it was like a day. Like, uh, it was like, Oh yeah. Like, she was some, just thrown in at the last minute. Wasn't someone she? like had to pull out like the person who's actually going to play her, you know, a professional actor. And then he was like, uh, my daughter. Yeah. That's just a shame. Really? But also at the same time, it makes those scenes between her and um, Vincent all the more creepy because it's her dad like filming it. It's her dad (laughs) looking down the looking down the lens, going (laughs) more more passion, more passion. First of all, let's address the biggest elephant in the room: her acting. She her acting and also the the cousin. The the incest. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. What the heck is that about? What is that about? Like, and why is Michael bothered by it? It doesn't more. go anywhere. Yeah, it serves no purpose. Ugh. I guess it's so the new Don could have loss is so that, I guess so Vincent could lose something. But did it have to be like his creepy like cousin? Here's my um. Here's my note. Why the cousin thing? Yeah, exclamation point. That's the only thing I've written. <laughs> my sentiments exactly. Because it's shown early on when. Vincent kills those two guys that he doesn't really care about anyone. Yeah. But then he still doesn't, they don't show enough with him and Mary to create a connection. Like, which I'm glad about. Cause every time they were on every, screen every time together, it, it made me feel ill. it. every time they were on screen together, it made me feel ill. And it made me cringe with the awkwardness. Cause it was like, they still call each other cousin. I was like, if you're going to, commit to being in a romantic relationship don't call you other the cousin they go hey yeah. cuz every conversation is hey cuz hey cuz mm, they're <laughs> making like past us together at one point and it was really i I almost uh threw up basically oh god point. when that it's like when the first the first kiss which is probably the most awkward kiss <sighs> in cinema history <clears throat> but you're supposed yeah, to connect was... lips dude <laughs> so kissing 101 he's like Damn. and then Coppola's behind the camera like uh 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 This year, it's weird. The the George Lucas quote. I may have gone too far in a few places. (laughs) Yes, this is this is a prequel moment. I may have gone too far in a few places. Oh my god, it's and um, Pacino's character, Michael. I don't know why I said Pacino's character, Michael. Oh yes, uh, that obscure (laughs) one. Yeah, that obscure character that no one can remember the name of. Um, He why is he not more bothered by this? He's more bothered that he does. He's like, don't don't be with my daughter because I don't want her to be part of this life anymore. They're cousins. Doesn't that bother you? Isn't that the part that bothers you? You know, I have a theory, you know, when Pacino's just like screaming in pain at the end when his daughter's shot. Fantastic. That's a great Yeah, moment. It was great, but I think it was real. I think Copeland just showed him the final cut of the movie and they decided <laughs> to film his reaction. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they could do that. Yeah. That's what I was like by the end of it. No, no, yeah. Look at how they butchered my franchise. Look at how they massacred my franchise. Yeah, it was. W- hey, we get to see the Genko Olive Oil Company again. That was nice. It was nice. And apparently, the old woman outside that they talked to is yes. uh, Scors- Martin, sc- Martin Scorsese's mum. Martin mom. Scorsese's mum, yeah. Oh, that was. <laughs> I was like, I saw that her, was- from, I recognized her from Goodfellas, and um, yeah. I think she's in a few other films. But she was mm. like most famous in Goodfellas or and uh, one of Martin Scorsese's documentaries or something. And she was there, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's Martin Scorsese's mum!" <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then she was like, "Hi!" Hey, like you can barely understand what's going on because we're all going, "Hi, yes, hello, 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 yes, go, oh, no. Well, say hello to your father for me?" And then like they just go into the cafe, have an awkward conversation with the inbred too, and then leave. Scene yeah. end. That's me. I could just I could sum up this film in. 10 minutes yeah that's what that's why i find so painful about this movie it's the scenes that are good and the themes that work are so good and they work so well yeah and i wish it would have been more like that because the scene where michael basically goes into like ptsd mode about his first wife is great yeah that's when his son's playing the thing yeah and when he when he's talking he's he's having a heart-to-heart with Kay. And, and he's like, you know, these are all my decisions when he's confessing to the priest at the end, when he's sat there and he looks a lot like Vito in that scene, he, he's dressed a lot like him. I like the reference. And, um, two, uh, oranges. Yeah. oranges everywhere. It must've been why he got diabetes anyway. Well, I mean, because no, he, when he's like, well, we don't know what type of diabetes he has. Could be but type true. Two one or two. Oh God, that scene where he, he's like, orange juice, give me orange. And then they bring him like a, a granola bar and he's like, lum, 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 don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, like it, this was, I was like it was tragic in both senses. I was like, Oh, look at this, how this great man's fallen. And also good God, this is Michael Corleone. No, don't look at me. I'm too, I'm too idiots. <laughs> it's like, um, when you see, I mean, God. I like, I like this part. I know I know, I know we sever gonna mention Star Wars, but it's like when you see Luke Skywalker drinking Green milk. Yeah. You're but like, oh, I like, come I like on. It in the in Last Jedi I do like that scene. It does make me laugh. It still irks me. Even though Last Jedi is my favorite sequel, it still irks me that stuff. But I it's, don't know why. I know it's just weird. It's just, isn't so it? it's just yeah. seeing these legacy characters and you know Milking a sea cow. Eat, no, it's seeing these legacy characters in like famous films, just eating weirdly. It's very strange. It's, yeah. Michael Corleone and his granola bar, Luke and his, you know, yeah. Indian. I liked it though, in some um, ways, because it showed how how much of a broken man he's become. And how dependent this this once this great Titan is now he could die at a moment's notice because he doesn't have enough sugar in his blood. Like it, it's, maybe, kind it's of, like, maybe it's a commentary on diabetes. Maybe. Don't don't eat sugar kids. Don't eat oranges, because apparently that's what gave him diabetes yeah yeah so again that michael stuff is my favorite stuff of the movie i also like the theme of change every movie has a distinct era and that you can feel it and you can yeah. feel the times changing the gangsters all look different and act different i mean in this scene we see throughout two and three michael has to deal with a lot of older gangsters who are more traditional yeah but like he says in this scene he respects zaza but it turns out to be Alta Bello because he's willing to get rid of the older generation and step up, which is what Michael did in the end of one, like he had yeah. the whole shot. And in two, he did much the same. Like he dealt with all his problems. He dealt with these old men. And so every, you know, in the second one, there's the early 1900s. First one, it's the forties. The uh, second one again is the fifties of Michael's story. And now this is the seventies well, and eighties. The 80s. first one's the fifties as well. Is it? I, I don't know. Something like that. It's late 40s uh, if it... Yeah. Early 50s. And then the next one's far. late 50s. And then the second one's the late 50s. But it, it, it's very defined eras, like this one. You could tell it was the 80s. Everyone was dressing really badly. Well, it wasn't Every, the 80s. All, it was like 79. So just before well, the yeah. 80s. But everyone was dressing all tackily. It was really awful. There are two people who look... So in the first opening scene, when yeah. they, they have the big family photo, and there's two hmm. twins in red. Yeah. Who are they? Stars. who are they? I don't know. Doesn't matter. But they do a close up of everyone. They pan across the family and they look, the two twins look, the spits of Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> I thought, I was like, is that Elaine from Seinfeld? Who are The lookalike. Well, it's New York. Well, it, I'm just saying, it, Seinfeld was, it was on. <laughs> they could have got that. Maybe they were influenced. Uh, yeah, maybe Coppola lights to watch it. Yeah, maybe. who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, but I did like that they show that change in America. They show it in Sicily. Every movie we get to see Sicily, how it's changed. We see that America's being pushing forward, and Sicily is still very much the same. It looks like, exactly the same. Yeah, and it's it's nice that we get to revisit these places. We get to see the town hall again. We see the uh, the mansion from the first two movies that Michael eventually buys and like dies in. That guy um, there's a scene where a guy had, where the guy goes, is it the guy with the baby hand Alta or whatever his name is. Yeah. The guy with the baby hand, Craig Kane. And he goes to that, he goes to a, um, thing. And then he likes, there's like a young guy and he goes, do the donkey. Oh God. Uh, and then this guy <laughs> screams. <laughs> and then it's referenced later. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And then he goes like, uh, bread. And he smells the slice of bread and he goes, ah, olive oil. And he pours like, and he (laughs) he pours like probably like a pint glass worth of olive oil to nowhere. We don't know. i am just, I assume just on the table. I'd love it if he started chugging it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just chugging on the Olive oil. And that was like, I assume he's putting on the bread, but he's putting quite a lot. And he licks like a tiny drop and he goes, magnifique or something like that like ah magnificent uh, bravo or something like that Mwah. Uh, i mean i do gotta say ooh, olive oil Mwah. i love olive oil it's great dip a bit of bread in there i don't blame him especially if it's from like if you go to italy and have olive oil oh, oh mamma mia it's great
1: i don't I had, blame um, him.
0: I went to Italy and I had um we went, we went to like the the I think the only place in Rome that does American style pizza <laughs> wow. by accident it was very strange
1: we're like <laughs> let's oh, go this... all the way
0: across the world and eat no American we had pizza pe- we had traditional <laughs> Italian pizza yeah but we went we were like we're all going it's like it's lunch let's go and we just like walked around for a bit we said oh we went oh look a pizza place and it went and we walked in and it was like. And it said, like, in Italian on the menu, like, you know, traditional American, so, but it said, like, Americano. We were like, what, well, what? And it was like, <laughs> it's Italian pizza, but with American, like, topping styles. Wow. So, like, a lot. Like, it's probably like, it's probably like, like, you know how Italian pizza's thin and stuff and crispy? It's the best. This one, well, let's not get into the pizza debate, but this one, it's, like, they have, oh. like, double the amount of toppings that you would normally have on it, so it's probably about, it's about proper thick <laughs> and I had like cheese sausage oh, and broccoli. Oh so no. I, it's blasphemy! Like blessed du- for me. It's <laughs> double cheese, sausage and broccoli. I was like, Jesus Christ. More like Jesus Christ. And then I had a, a Neapolitan it. pizza you know, at some <laughs> other point. Can't yeah. yeah oh, for me, you can't be just the basic best Italian ingredients in a pizza. No, nothing on top. Just, just the, oh. in, in Italy, they actually don't, a lot of them don't actually eat cheese on pizza. Oh, I, yeah. I can't be doing that's that. How, that's the really traditional. That's like I don't. I'm not a fan of that. But the proper like thin pizza with the, you know the what I sprinkling a of cheese. If, you, if or... you're doing Italian um food, like deep fried calzone, oh. <laughs> I had <once. laughs> that is amazing. uh That was amazing. Everybody, uh, if you uh, called, try a deep fried calzone, it's called a pizza fritter, and it's delicious. It is. Uh, buy one today, buy one get one free. Um,
1: you go we're to our s- store, we are sponsored <laughs> by,
0: uh, <laughs> by, by fried pizza, <laughs> deep fried pizza, the deep fried pizza company. God, anyway, is that a real I, thing? Wait, are we talking about the Godfather, thing? right? This is how this movie is. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I just want to talk about pizza. That's how bad it is. <laughs> no. It's um, not, I
1: don't, it's
0: weird, isn't it? It's not yeah, bad, but I will not want to watch not, it again. I can tell you now. It's like, it's, it's painfully average and normal. It's like just a, just an okay movie apart from yeah. very select scenes, mostly with Pacino and Kay, that are so effective that I just wish they could be isolated and put around something more interesting. It's, it, it, it is. It's like, um, it is like these 20 year sequels. It's like, I mean, it's always the way they, they, when they, they only get the original characters, the only one that anyone cares about, obviously, because yeah. Because they sort of put all their eggs in one basket. They all put their eggs in the Michael basket and then just sort of go, oh yeah, Vincent's here. And he's just like, he's so like, he's so bombastic. And I know he's supposed to be like the new Sonny, but yeah, he's not. He's more hot-headed than like his father. He bites a guy's ears off and shoots two guys without no, thinking then, twice they, about they bite, it. He bites a guy's ear. Yep. And then like in that same scene, they just go, all right, sit down now. Let's have a, let's have a, let's have a normal conversation. If I was there, I'd be like, if I was Michael, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? You made Yeah, this guy's weird. He's a cannibal. He like, he's in love with his cousin. He's weird. Yeah. But that ending scene, despite all the movie's flaws, that's the most emotional scene in the entire trilogy for me. Mm. That's, they just, it, they hit it so perfectly. Like It shows how much Michael's lost. He's, and in the end, like all this effort, all this work, he got so swept up in it all that he lost everything. He, he put business before family because he felt like he had to. It was his responsibility. His father trusted him and he ended up destroying his family. He lost every love of his life. He lost his brother. He lost well, all his brothers, his father, his mother. He lost his, his daughter, which was the final straw. And he never even wanted this life. He just wanted to be a good American, yeah, and serve in the military and be an honest man. And will he, say, and he um, says in this movie, he actually did want it to be legitimate in the end, like he meant that. Yeah, and it never was. I will say, um, Merit uh, Sophia Coppola, God lover, yeah, great director, terrible actress. Um, <laughs> well, when she dies, even then I was like, oh. She's died. But that might just be because they don't develop her at all. Yeah, I felt emotional. But... Um, like, oh, oh, no. But my thought was like, this is sad for Michael. I'm sad for Michael. I'm not sad about this character. Like, I'm glad if there is a Godfather 4, she oh, won't have to be in it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, Love that's it. what I thought. I was like, oh, at least we don't have to put with her anymore. You were like, you were getting the party poppers out, popping the champagne. Yeah. But yeah, that, oh, Al Pacino's performance throughout this, even though I think the characterization, uh, the characterization of Michael was slightly off at times, I, it kind of made sense because you could tell he was like, like his father in the first one. He, by the end of it all, he was just tired. He was just done. He was ill. He'd had enough. Yeah. This, this, this life had broken him. And just when he thinks he's free, at least his father got to die happy. Yeah. Like around his family. Whereas Michael lost everything. And then the final straw, his daughter dies and he spends 17 years alone and has a stroke on his front porch. It just collapses. (laughs) It's just so, it's just so sad. It's like like the bleakest shot in ever, but it's so powerful because it's that contrast between him and his father. They were very different men. But in the end, if his father never would have done any of this, Michael would have probably would have had a happy life. His whole family probably would have had a happy life. I will say um, when um, I was like throughout the whole film, I was like, there's no, there's no wow shots in this whole film. Like in the first yeah. two, there's like shots that you have burned. We said this last episode, there's the burned into your mind. Like there's one for me. And the, the only one that's burned into my mind, like I was, I was through the whole shot. I was like, where, where are the, where are the, where's Coppola's like wow factor. And then yeah. he actually did it in the final shot where it's the wide on Michael alone and as he collapses, I was like, that's burned into my brain now. But that felt like the Godfather more than anything else in this movie. I was like, where's everything? And even then, like, where's the craft? Like they're supposed to be masterful of craft, but it it feels in parts, it feels lazy. Yeah. The script was off. The acting was off. The the entire plot was off. The editing's a bit off for me as well. Like they can linger on shots too long. Like, When when Michael's talking off camera and having a big like, there's a scene uh, towards the start when he's talking to Joey Zaza, and he like yeah, he gets up from he's he's leaning on the desk, he gets up and he walks over, and it like weirdly cuts, like you can tell it's two different shots. Yes, I I noticed another one as well, and then there's another one where it's like it's just focusing on it's a shot of uh, Joey Zaza, and you can hear Michael you know, off camera, <laughs> but he's, he's screaming, but they don't show him. I was like, if you, it's for weird. me, if for me, if someone's saying a key line, you go cut to a shot of them. For me, it was jarring. You know, when Michael's in hospital and he says to Vincent, okay, lift me. I want to go on the bed. Oh, and then it just, it cuts to Vincent, like holding Pacino awkwardly for a couple of seconds. Like, bef- like it's before they said action and then dropping him onto the bed. I was like, that was a weird cut because it's literally like five seconds in the future. You can't, you can't really cut like that. You can't cut from one person saying something to 10 seconds later to doing it. You either show it or you cut away to later on. Like It just felt weird. Or just don't show it right around it. Yeah. If you, if it's an awkward thing to like linger, like if, like imagine if they did the whole thing, like pick him up and then walking over and the camera just follows it. That's that like, might not have been was, bad because it shows how broken Michael is as a man. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if it's... For me, it's just dead time. It, like, if you could, if you can be yeah. talking, in, doing an interesting dialogue or something or an in action, why bother? Like, for me, bother? it would have been nice if he could have been walked and then said, like, something, made a remark about how, you know, five years ago this wouldn't have had to happen. Like, basically, it's yeah, like, this is what I've become, which is what you see when he, like, starts munching on the granola bar later on. There's a weird, no, that's not weird. There's a Connie.
1: Um, Oh God. She's, she's, she's a
0: nutter. Yeah. She, but she does have a bit more to do in this film. She becomes, she's like making them more, um, what do you call it? Um, violent. The family, she gives the go ahead to kill Zaza. She, she poisons, um, Don thingy. With the,
1: with the, you know, you know, with
0: the cannoli, canoe, canoe size cannoli or whatever it is. Yeah. Canooley. got him, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that cannoli was a uh, far-fetched. It was. I weird. don't think like I liked I, I want. I want the uncut version of him just like slowly nibbling. I was Down. like, but I was like, "Where's the poison?" Because it it's in the by, bottom, I think. But yeah, by the logic, it's it's at the end. Imagine <laughs> if he was a germophobe and he didn't want to eat the bit he touched, and he never actually finished it. that would be great. Well, it was like at the end because he's he's eating, he's eating it, and he's like no 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 no, and then the and last then, mouthful he's just like Ugh. Ugh. his death like, is so weird and he's singing along and then like he goes no 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 and then he just like take <laughs> last last bite and then he dies instantly like immediately <laughs> oh my god did you see that his death was so he milked it so much everything he does in this movie is like way over the top but he was like. His eyes roll back and he was like, "Oh, I can see the light, Mama," and then just oh. collapses. Well, I didn't, I, I, because I. This is how like strange the film was to me. I didn't know that he was being poisoned until he died. It was left kind of in ambiguity because like, he, he makes. This? I was like, "What?" Yeah, he makes Connie try it so you kind of know at that point, like, "Oh, it's obviously." Poison. Well, I, did, I didn't clock onto that bit. I thought like, "Oh, this one doesn't want to eat it." Like she kisses it like weirdly. I was like, wow. He was basically he was basically saying, "Oh, why don't you give it a try?" He was basically suggesting you're not trying to poison me, are you? Um, that's what but that she was. doesn't even take a bite. She just like you know touches yeah. to the top under each because she doesn't flip it like want to get poisoned on her nose. No. So and then like he goes, oh, "Okay, no, 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 no." But so she like, looks all nervous when she does it, so that's kind of explained why. And then she's like drawn. watching him with the opera glasses. And then like there's a bit where he like. He's singing along and then there's another bit where she he looks over and he looks straight at her and then just goes like, hi, hi hello there. And it's then just weird. dies. I was like, But yeah, Connie in this movie was like, she was like the new Michael, but she doesn't know about Fredo. That's what I really liked the scene where she was like giving Michael insulin. Yeah. And she was like, she's clear that she's been looking after Michael and she cares for him and he probably couldn't live without her. All at the same time, he has to live with the pain that he won't tell her what happened to their brother for real like that must make him feel so bad like she's um, keeping him alive meanwhile michael murdered his own brother so why should she look after him? he murdered uh, her first husband yeah i mean good god she was well acted though i was like (laughs) like, bless you (laughs) this (laughs) this is a bad time for you oh god jesus i'm just allergic to bad writing Oh, <laughs> I mean, we're saying this like we could write any better. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, so, I, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't ask ex- or write any better than this. Yeah, our scripts are dreadful. Yeah, uh, I'll agree. Apart <laughs> from my um, my my scripts, which are great. Check it out, uh, YouTube.com yeah, YouTube dot Yeah, Fla- D- Flavor Day you, Film Club. Youtube.com forward slash the Flavor Day Film Club. If you want to check out my um, two short films, soon to be three. Uh you know, once I get around to finishing it. Yeah. But you know, I miss the yeah. uh, deadline for something, but you well, know, whatever. oh. Yeah. This movie, uh, <sighs> uh, should we wrap it up overall? I think we think? shall. I think it was overall a good movie with some really great moments. Michael was definitely done like justice. I liked where he ended up and everything that yeah. happened to him. It's just unfortunate that all these they they it's killed crazy. off so many characters. <laughs> it's but in the damn. end, they had nothing to work with. Yeah, and they kind of that the ending scene was perfect. Like it's so perfectly conveyed how broken this man is and how how actually doesn't want he didn't want any of this. He never wanted it, and suddenly his life's over and it's been full of misery before he could like even say like what's going on. He just had to do it. I always feel bad for him because it's almost like he was dragged in. Against his will, it took over. He was just like, uh, he kind of didn't know what to do. He was like, he was just like a scared kid. And then he ends up making all these horrible decisions and then later regrets it. He's basically thrown into this, not knowing what to do. And then he has to live with the guilt of it for the rest of his life. So I I like that aspect. Again, the final shot couldn't be any better. If you watch the first two Godfather movies, then watch his daughter being shot. And then that final shot, that's all you need like maybe his confession and the yeah. bit with K. not just ignore everything else. I'd say I like think, you don't um, need to make sense of it. It doesn't matter. If, um, if you're a, like a, a new film buff, you want, you're re- watching all these classic films for the first time, quite similar to us really. But, um, and if you've like watched the Godfather part two and part one and stuff, and you've loved them and you're like, Oh, I've heard that part three is not great. Don't take it as part three. Take it as Yes, yeah. The ep- it's the epilogue. Well, it's not really that either. It's like a spin-off. Because it was originally supposed to be a spin off. It was supposed to be called Death of Michael Corleone. That's what it is. It's not the part three. It's not the continuing adventures or whatever. It's Exactly. It's not about the family. It's about Michael. It's Michael's film which that's where it falls short. It's not about yeah. mafia. It's not about you know, the impacts of on family. It's, it's about Michael. It's Michael's story. and They still yeah, had to drag it out over three hours. I was like, <laughs> I didn't mind. Weirdly, it went by quite fast for me. That's probably because I've not seen it before. Whereas the other two I had, so I knew it was going yeah, to happen. To be fair. Yeah. I, I think the f- the story was engaging, but it just wasn't, didn't feel like the Godfather, which was sad. Like it was a good story. I could sit there and watch that and enjoy it. But yeah, but I could sit there and watch that, but it wasn't, it didn't make sense. It didn't make a lick of sense. I was like, okay, so. Yeah, but to, that's kind of the same with the first two for me, uh, anyway. It's so. like, wait, there's ste- Okay, so they're stealing money. No, but if you, the thing, the difference is like the first two have complicated stories that need, you know, to watch a couple times or stuff. But this, this, and, the, but as long as you figure it out, you know, it goes, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But this one, you figure it out you know, after thinking about it or whatever. And it's still like, wait, so what the math, this mafia guy was trying to buy the, take money from the Vatican to pay for the thing. And, uh, and they were trying to steal money from him. And he was trying to buy what, oh, wait, wait, yeah. um, wait, two cousins are kissing now. What? Yeah. Wait, that guy's yeah, been killed. Was, uh... what? Wait, why is this guy screaming about a coat, <laughs> a coat, when thousands, like, 30 people are being gunned down, the whole room is being erupted with bullets, and this guy's going, My colt, my lucky cult. So That had the potential to be such a good scene as well. It could have been awesome. And he just made it if they, goofy. Yeah, like they keep your tone consistent. You could yeah. have, like in a Marvel film, they can have an action scene and with, with quips in it that are funny. Yeah. but in, in I don't think like, it was even supposed to be funny, though. What was like, it supposed to be? There- I, I don't know. That's bad, though. It's not good enough to be a joke, but it's so out of place that it, it's not, like, what? What? Commit. Commit. Yeah. If you're going to take any lessons from this film, commit to a tone for a film. But yeah, don't ignore this movie, I'd say. You're going to watch The Godfathers. Maybe like skip through the Vatican bits if you really don't want to.
1: They make an edit boring.
0: of it where they just like cut out all the crap. Just tag it onto the end of two. Well, they did That's this That's what thing. I'd say. In 1977, on TV, they cut, they did a seven episode series where they put the Godfather and part two in chronological order and added bits in. Oh. And they did it over seven, seven, oh, is it four or seven? I don't know. It was over a few episodes, and that was the whole thing and had exclusive footage. And it's called like the Godfather Saga. You can go and check that out. Huh. That's so maybe, cool. maybe if someone on YouTube or something does like a maybe, you know, like also like, on the good. internet, I don't think on YouTube, you would do it, would you? Yeah. It'd be good to see a cut of like the Vito story, then Godfather one, then Michael's story from two, then bits of three that are relevant to Michael. Yeah. Kind of like a montage at the end. Cause it's an ex- it's a, it's a good example of how to end a trilogy in some ways, but it's also a good example of how not to do certain things, you know, like, Again, there's, there's lots of great directors who have done these brilliant things. And I think the fault isn't that they're... Because they're not. They're not bad directors. They're not bad writers. It's, no, it's just because they've, it, they've created something so powerful and so influential that yeah. in reality, if they if they waited 20 years for people to build up the next one in their head, it was never going to meet people's expectations. So if you don't do it perfectly, it's going to be considered the thing is, The thing is, if you read about Coppola and his like the history of him like if you read a biography on him yeah you would know that apocalypse now basically sucked all the life out of him and then oh because jesus christ we need to do an episode on apocalypse now i've mentioned it every episode so far (laughs) um basically sucked the life out of him and then like he wasn't the same after it the guy who made those three amazing films wasn't the same like because like, he, he basically had a bunch of like flops until like, he was like, I'm going to do the Godfather Part 3. And obviously, it's 20 years later, he's not going to be the same person. It's like how George Lucas yeah. is like, obviously, his style is going to change over 20 years when he's not made films or n- not made yeah. the same level. What's sad is that behind the scenes, you can see that he puts so much passion into this movie. Yeah, of and you course, can see that he cares so much. what they do. Yeah, he like, like he was so it's not like he was just like I give up. But it, it came across as like just it's just not feels like off. Um, it's not like poor Peter Jackson and the Hobbit, the last two Hobbit films. Yeah. Good God. Oh God. Poor God. If you look at man. the behind the scenes thing, I feel so sorry for him. But um Ugh. he's back on the horse now, he's made he's made that oh, yeah. He made that great documentary. Yeah, Peter Jackson's great. If you see he's a big old nerd as well. He has like a massive collection of like he has the original King Kong armature. His, he has one of the Jurassic Park Velociraptors Whew. beautiful that was a chef's kiss he collects World, World War One planes this man's amazing we need what like, like full planes, planes or like models yep and he the has plane. And he, he's scared of flying them so I think he said he has people fly them so he can watch it dude I'd be bloody scared of flying a World War One plane It's like 100 yeah. years old they barely flew when they were made. Yeah, I, I you, you wouldn't be able to get me in one of those. I don't blame him, but he really likes the way they look. Apparently, yeah, a Spitfire. He's an interesting guy. It's a different story. Oh, they—they're terrifying too. Wow. Well, okay. It's so loud. I mean, we anyway, start. welcome to Plane Talk. Welcome to Plane. Welcome to Peter Jackson cast. Yeah. One one thing I'll say about people like Copler and George Lucas and even Peter Jackson with the Hobbit is that. When you make such a great and influential movie, and then take such a long break, you give people time to well, no, to, to, fair, to to to, to, to deify them. them. Peter Jackson didn't take a break; he just didn't well, make, yeah, Lord of the Rings. But it's like with the with the sequels that Disney made; they were never going to be what people expected. The prequels they were never going to be what people expected. The Godfather three they were never going to meet people's expectations because people had time to make these things up in their heads, like this is what I expect. This is going to be the best thing ever. Oh my God, I can't wait. Which really doesn't help if the movie itself also doesn't turn out to be the best it could have been. Yeah, definitely. Because these people are already ready to like pounce. And we went into watching this movie thinking we know it's got a bad reputation. And even then I was like rolling my eyes. So I can only imagine if you're a fan of the franchise and you're building this thing up and you're looking forward to it, how disappointing it must've been. I didn't hate it as much as I was like people like, you know, you read stuff online, it's like, God, this movie made me wanna kill myself. Uh. Yeah, it's not that bad, but you can understand why they say that if if, if they went into it genuinely believing it was gonna be good. Yeah. Or great. Yeah. So yeah, again. And if you um if you like constantly make YouTube videos about why it's the worst film ever, uh this is just not goes, healthy. This goes for every um film ever if you constantly make youtube videos you know doing stuff you know if you write a song to play outside the premiere <laughs> saying george <laughs> oh lucas God. uh uh i can't can i i can't really say it um did uh, horrible violated. things let's say Vi- yes violated, violated your child childhood which is just like oh, with a big smile oh, on your face uh, you're uh wasting your time It's not healthy either. Like, sure, criticize the movie, vent about it a little, but don't hold on to it for years. Don't be like, oh my God, I can't get over this. Don't go posting online and screaming about it and and going online and signing petitions and giving money to to remake the movie. Don't don't raise, I I like how we've literally gone on to Star Wars again. (laughs) We said we weren't, but don't don't raise millions of dollars to then it all be taken away by the con artists who set up that up. I mean, we gotta face it. There's gonna be a point where the Marvel movies probably start going downhill, and it'll yeah, the same will happen course, again. There was, the there same will happen again. There was a point when people thought they were going downhill. Yeah, but they but what you can do with a franchise going that long is you can. So they were after Avengers. They were sort of like people were like, uh, what? These are a bit boring. And then they made, then they brought the Russo brothers in, James Gunn, and they sort of brought new life into it because they went do this. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get a bit more unique stuff going. in. they brought Taika Waititi in they brought, and they made infinity war, which is like, if you compare infinity war to, you know, age of Ultron, it's like, what the hell's going on? Like once, yeah, I mean, it's like night and day. Wherever there's a failure story or a sad story, there's a success story. Like with the Marvel films, those, are, they got revitalized. Star Wars is becoming revitalized now. They're kind of, I feel like we're going on to an golden era for that on TV and through the multimedia and Ryan Johnson's trilogy and things are probably going to people is focusing on not the original characters. So people won't be as mad about it. Fresh, fresh blood. That's what you need. Yeah. You can't complain about something that's wholly original ruining your childhood. Mm. And I think the Godfather needs that. It doesn't I need think, that. I think it could just leave it be, leave it as two <sighs> of the greatest I, films I of would all really, time. Yeah. That's the ideal, but because three happened, I'd like, make it make a Netflix show um that doesn't focus on the original characters. Maybe focus on Vincent and actually make him likable and show how he's evolved and learned <laughs> and become a guy. And then maybe have an Al Pacino cameo once in a while because he's still alive. Just make it set in the 90s. Everyone's the right age. I think that would work. I'd, I'd watch that. Um, but yeah, I disagree with that. But shall we move <laughs> on to our next segment? Uh, the next segment... Uh, this week, we're doing a combined Sunny yes. Soapbox and um, Calm Down Kubrick. <laughs> Calm Down Kubrick, yeah. Because I was uh, too busy to come up with something. And I, at the last minute, was like, ooh, this is a good one to talk about. Because I was thinking, like, what should I talk about? What, this or that? And then nothing was interesting enough. And then I, I thought, this one's good. And we can both talk about this. Har ye, har ye. I declare myself pickled tank. Shut your mouth! Shut the up, you c-t! Boy, that escalated quickly. Almost a hundred years ago. Well, over a hundred years ago. If you, can th- if you can think back that far, everyone. Yep. Uh, if you're as old as me, you'll remember. Mentally old, not, not uh, physically. <laughs> Mentally, yes. I live in the past. No, uh... Almost a hundred years ago, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. I believe it's called. The it's a silent horror film, German. I think was it was it be classed as expressionist? I don't know. Basically, I've not seen all of it. I've seen clips of it, and well, I, I be, recommend it. would be, be hard to watch all of it because I, I doubt not Yeah, it's all it's like an hour and a half to two hours of. You can get all like Blu-ray and stuff, but it's can you actually buy it like f- f- complete? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, I thought like, the, but there are different like... speeds. Like some, pro- sometimes they published it faster, sometimes slower because it's a silent movie. So, yeah. Um, but I highly recommend Cinemassacre's video on it. It's a, it's a very good video. But um, based on what I've seen of it, it really got me thinking. It basically created the modern gothic style. that influenced films like Dracula and. Um, like, I don't know, all those classic Hammer horror films, but also Tim Burton. A lot of Tim Burton's work, especially The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. And uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as well. There's, it's set in these weird worlds where everything's crooked and off and weird and kind of insulated. And in The Cabinet of Dr. Calgary, it was a genuinely scary film. Like the villain was intimidating and he didn't say a word. He just looked so creepy and weird. And he, the guy who played him actually played the man who laughs who was the inspiration oh, for yeah. the Joker. So you get that kind of creepy vibe. It was, um, as time of the recording, it was the Joker's 80th anniversary, not too long oh. ago, like a couple of well, days ago. There as, we go. At time of recording, when this comes out, it'll be like, in I don't know, like a, a month. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was this style of everything. There's no straight lines in this world that it's set in. And it's all set on this hill like there's a hill with all these weird crooked houses on and inside the rooms, everything's painted and the shadows are painted really long and weird. The windows aren't straight. and The ceilings are low and like at weird angles. And the whole aesthetic was something really new and people really responded to it. And it was so creepy and so well written because it had a lot of psychological elements. And I kind of see it as the birth of the modern horror film. It just goes to show that like, no matter what, Century yeah. in. No matter what technology you have if you have a camera. Exactly. If you have a camera and you can film something, and you have an idea, you can make it happen. No matter what. Like, if you have an idea and you want to get it done. Like, yeah, it might not look great. If you're like a student and you're want, if you want to do your film, yeah, you know, like like me, if you just want to just do it. Like, if you if you can get you know good lighting you know, cause you know, someone great to do yeah. that. If you, but if you can't, if you can't just come up with him, if like, if your lights are uh, different colors, because that's all you have, make it black and white, you know? Yeah. yeah I that's mean, what I, that's what I did. Cause <laughs> I, had like, <laughs> I had like LEDs, desk lamp, <laughs> all sorts. But for this one, for my, what I'm doing at the moment, yeah i like it's all, dreadful lighting for like a lot of it because it's just my house. It's just like <laughs> I'm using a window or I'm using the sun or yeah like I'm using a one desk lamp for anything interior that I'm just walking around the house with pointing at pointing in different rooms closing the <laughs> closing the blinds and going uh, that looks right okay film yeah i mean it's that's what creativity is like no one has the best equipment straight away, no one and I bet this guy I mean, I don't know. Who was it? Do you know who the guy who made it was called? No, I can't remember. It's Well, this German uh, guy, but I don't know. This silent film, like I bet this guy just thought like he probably took like inspiration from stuff that's not film, like loads of stuff. Yeah. But I think it was such well like the from the clips I saw of it, it was just so like I was surprised at how could a silent film make you think about like what is insanity? What's life? What's perspective? What's that? There's plot twists. There's massive plot twists in it. And it's just, there's not a word is spoken. But it's all visual storytelling, isn't it? Which is like, yeah, the most powerful thing cinema can do. It's just crazy to see how far back these influences go. I mean, Tim Burton is clearly inspired by it, Charlie, the chocolate factory. It's literally set in a tiny town on a hill. All these weird houses are facing down. Charlie's at the bottom of the hill. The chocolate factory's at the top. It feels very insular, very weird. And that's what Calgary feels like. It feels like all these houses on a hill and there's a mental asylum. And there's like a man who travels around with this man in a box who actually turns out to be like a murderer. It's just so obscure and weird and, and set in its own mad world that doesn't make sense. But it's so... When you when you watch it, it's so it's clearly influenced so much of cinema, and and it's not actually that well known, which is sad. Yeah. So yeah, that's well, that's my soapbox well, for the week. Well, like all people know stuff like like if you really care about something, you'll d- deep you'll dive deep. If you want to know something, you'll go and find it. Like yeah, like my 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 grandma doesn't know, you know who Martin Scorsese is, but I do because I, I want to know, I want to know. Yeah. And I was like, and then people who go like, like, I'm guilty of this. Like you've never seen Star Wars. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, they haven't seen stars because they don't care. It's like, exactly. Yeah. But like, I mean, it'd be cool if you could see Star Wars. But yeah. If you're not watching Star Wars, watch it. If you're not watch The Godfather, hey, why are you still here? Yeah. This, this, this is our, <laughs> first this is we appreciate it but why this is the conclusion of our first trilogy of films our first series yeah so our next few episodes we're probably going to do you know individuals Individuals, and then we might go and do like who knows who knows who knows Eh. so i think it's time for uh, a doctor reference hollywood headlines news On news. Yes. 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 Um, I did a little bit of a Jeff Goldblum impression there. Hmm. Yes. The, the have you seen that series? Have you seen uh, that series on Disney plus? Oh my God. It's amazing. Do yourself a favor. (gasps) It's amazing. I think um, if you have Amazon prime, I don't know if it, but if you're a a UK citizen, you'll know who James May is. Oh my God. I think it, his travel series in Japan sort of yes. took, the, took the wind out of me in terms of weird stuff you can do in Japan. It was great. And if I you're also in anyway. from, the, if you're from the UK, Paul Hollywood, who does The Bake Off, is doing one as well in Japan as well. And Why uh, Paul Hollywood? I have no idea. What's it with all these celebrities? Guy Martin, who's like a... He's, he's a big thing in Britain. Uh, he, he went to Japan. Very, this is the Britain cast. <laughs> yeah, this is the Britain-Japan cast. He went to Japan and visited the same guys as uh, James May. Like, all these, they're sending all these celebrities to Japan, apparently. Well, maybe n- not, not anytime soon. Anyway, the news. This just in. I'm on, f*** off, I'm on live telly. I mean, yeah, yeah. F*** off, out of it. I'm on to f***ing hell. F*** little twat. Sorry. The Mandalorian. Series 3 has been announced. It's in pre-production already. Bloody out which I imagine means they turn these out. Yeah, I imagine that's going to be on the LED wall uh, for the, all the environments because they can't really be doing much filming at the moment. Well, that's whole. They were very lockdown. lucky, very lucky. They wrapped and then, like, probably like two yeah. weeks later, we all we was like locked down. Yep, Disney certainly dodged a bullet on that one. They're going to be making cha-ching anyway. Yeah uh mandalorian season three we know it's in production so that's great can't really say much about it we don't even know what happens in season two so well um i was watching a th- i was on twitter and i saw um moff gideon Giancarlo esposito the guy yeah. who plays market and he said i can't probably can't say this but he said um he he's like he's been doing more fights huh and apparently broke like a load of dark saber props oh, he was no. going at it so much so we can expect some cool fights. Maybe That'd be good. Um, we can expect like I maybe it'll. I hope it like widens out a bit, and maybe we have like stories that aren't. Maybe if we had like, you know, how, like in Game of Thrones, like it'll cut between, you know, like Tyrion will be doing something, and it'll cut to Jon, and then like it'd be cool if we had like the Mandalorian, and it cuts to Ka- Cara Cara Dune or whatever her name is doing something yeah. but they all sort of connect i mean it, it's called the mandalorian i don't mind if it's just focused on the one guy but yeah i, I kind of like the focus but yeah yeah it's i i really like the focus as well but i'm just suggest. i'm just i'll, I'll be open to the putting broad- it out there yeah i'm um, just spinning fact uh, not facts spin um, hot, truths, hot uh, truth this is the hot truth podcast no. i don't know what I'm <laughs> Speaking of the Mandalorian, the documentary series will be coming out on May the 4th. I'm so excited. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm really interested in the LED wall stuff and the, and the VFX. So that's going to be really exciting. I love Jon Favreau as a creative. I love Dave Filoni. I can't wait to see Dave them Filoni as a creative. If you also love Dave Filoni, like I do and love the Clone Wars and uh, Mandalorian and just Star Wars, uh, you can go on the Star Wars YouTube channel. They do the Star Wars show. On there and yep. Dave Filoni and George Lucas doing uh, like a discussion. They talk about the clone. Was it actually George Lucas? It was filmed, well, I guess, pre lockdown. And it's like, I assume they're going to put an extended version on YouTube at some point. So maybe at the time of when this comes out, uh, they'll have an extended like hour. Probably. Cause it's them yeah. in front of an audience, like with microphones. And it's, I was like, Oh my God, they actually got George Lucas. They couldn't get him to talk about the sequel trilogy, but they're going to talk about Clone Wars. And that's what people yeah. don't realize. George Lucas created the Clone Wars. He was an executive producer. He was in the writer's room. He was, he was telling them what to do. He was teaching Dave Filoni and his editors yeah. and all those people. And people, and like, there's a guy on YouTube who just like, he's like, he's, he's praising the Clone Wars. And he goes, just so you guys know, George Lucas didn't have anything to do with this show. I was like, if you just Google for like two seconds and you'll find that he did, he had like, he was worked on it the whole five seasons. I don't think he worked, he didn't work on the, the all, all six seasons. And he didn't work on the newest one that's coming out right now. Yeah. Cause you know, they didn't need to cause he'd sort of taught Dave Lenny all he needed to anyway, but he has been apparently, Dave Fallone, he said this, he's been like, George has been calling him and telling him like, dude, that's really cool. Then the, of the final season huh. they've been talking. So about he is in still New interested in star Wars. Yeah. Which is nice to hear. But that, um, talk is really, really interesting. It's fascinating. I, I shall have to give that a watch. Next news. Next news. Uh, we have, here we go. Regal Cinemas, uh, which I don't think that's a thing in this country over here in the UK, but it's owned by Cineworld, which we have. We have Cineworld. Um, yeah. Love them. They have joined AMC Theatres in refusing to play any films from Universal. Which um, I don't I don't understand why. Basically Universal said once this lockdown's over, this they're, they're gonna start releasing movies both in cinema and video on demand platforms at the same time. Oh, so they're doing what they're doing now, but then also releasing it in cinema. Yeah. Cause they basically said, uh, due to the success of trolls world tour, uh, I don't know if, it's, if success is the right word to use, but it's my favorite film so far. Yeah. the, uh, the trot of the trolls tr- tr- trilogy are the three, I, I don't know. I, I haven't actually been it. to the cinema all year, which is, uh, and I won't be going anytime really? soon. I haven't been all there Yeah. I'm not going anytime soon. I went to see 1917. I think that what, was this what, year. 20. Well, that was last year, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. I can't remember. That I don't was, go very often. I prefer the comfort of my well, own home. Well, no, because um, I normally go when everything starts to kick off. So like summer. Yeah. And um, summer and uh, to the, till Christmas is when I'm like at the cinema quite a lot. Not, I don't see everything, but I see a lot more because they release it. I'm like, Thank God, but now at this, the end of this year will be packed. Oh God, I'm not going like everything, yeah. everything from the year. It'll be like Bond, Ugh. all the Marvel films. Like it's gonna be a nightmare for like crowded places after this, which is very counterintuitive. But whatever, the I I hope the Oscars is just like a complete train wreck right this year. That'd um, be hilarious. Next piece of news: Nvidia. This is more of kind of podcasting news, but I found it cool. If you have an RTX graphics card, which I don't, I don't think I'll <laughs> well, explain. That. Well, well, that's not bloody good, is it? Uh, but you can hack it. There's a little hack in the software that, that allows it to work on GTX cards. But basically, it's noise cancelling, which is useful if you're podcasting or even if you do it, you could apply it to movies for noise cancelling. This technology is astounding. Mm. Look up on YouTube, there's tons of examples. Um, great example by YouTuber Barnacle's Nerdgasm. Highly recommended. This is his video on it. It's astounding. He gets a vacuum cleaner, a fan, and like, I'm pretty sure he gets a leaf blower and starts blowing them over his microphone as he's talking. And the microphone somehow manages to salvage parts of his voice. It sounds like a really bad connection. What? What? But it, like, it cut out all of that noise and managed to take his voice and make it like so you is can it, hear what he was saying. So is it like It was really bad quality, but it it like it did that. Like I've not come across any software that can do that before. What is it like? Like a algorithm that like just filters out like filters out everything. It like sort of knows. It learns it's a free beta at the moment. And what you can do is you can send reports to NVIDIA of things that that don't work, or that don't get filtered out, yeah. or when your voice gets filtered out by accident, and they'll use it, and they're basically teaching this AI what human voices sound like. Is it, I, I can just picture some of them completely. when I'm playing World of Warcraft and I squirt um, whipped uh, cream into my mouth. Um, the sound of the whip, the sound of the whipped cream can, uh, it doesn't filter out. So, and people say I, I'm a you're going to get I'm diabetes. People say I'm going to (laughs) get diabetes, Uh, you know, I don't want that. But yeah, it's amazing. It basically learns voices. So it doesn't cut out voices, frequencies, but it cuts out everything else. And he showed examples of like real world examples of and his air was on and you couldn't tell at all. And his voice was barely affected. He could bang, you could bang on the table as loud as you can and it doesn't come through. You could punch, like tap the microphone and it doesn't. Do anything. I have to spend, you know, quite a few, quite a while filtering out my computer fan noise. Like occasionally you hear a bird or someone walking around or
1: some music in the background
0: for me as well. Well, yeah, I've got kind of this chaining process that automatically will do most of it for me. But I still have to like listen to the entire podcast to pick out these, uh, you know, outliers. But with this software. could change everything forever for that kind of stuff. Like it's amazing. This is one of the biggest things in video I've done in quite a few years. I'd say like it's so impressive at how how accurate it is, and and it's and it's still only in beta. So I'm looking forward to that as a as a sound junkie. It should be interesting, and I'm looking forward to it because it'll make your job easier. Yes, And it'll make uh, my job um, easier if I ever have to do the editing. Yeah. I've yet to try it out though. Cause I've got a GTX. So I have to do the little like notepad hack where you have to basically like, open notepad and edit the code to get rid of the exceptions, which oh, is God. something you can only do in the beta. For some reason, NVIDIA could have like programmed out that possibility with one line and they chose not to is weird. They just kind of, it makes me wonder like, did they, did they leave that vulnerability on purpose? I don't know. So yeah, that's, that's my news. Is that the news? That's, that's what we got. That's the that's news, the news. Done. and that's the show, isn't it? That's the show. We're Thank almost you. an hour, two hours in again. We need to just like we need to tighten this up a bit. Yeah, it's great. We get an hour to talk about a movie, an hour to talk about everything else. I bet if I bet if we um, cut out the uh, Star Wars talk, we'd probably like filter it down to a you know an hour for the. Yeah, but episode. then it'd only be like five minutes long. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. We, people should let us know if you want it to be too much Star and Wars. short and sweet. Yeah. A short and sweet or long and sour. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you there because, um, <laughs> uh, I don't want us oh, to be, uh, Oh God. Anyway. Uh, thank you so much for listening. The podcast <laughs> is available yes. wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, uh SoundCloud yeah. I think that's what Leave one. us leave us a good review Pod, uh, Pod Pod Bay probably something like that I don't know don't, don't go there just in case we, it's just what we made up if and, it might be dodgy and be sure to share it review it smash yeah. like I, I mean I, I, if you if know. you give us reviews we'll read them we'll take suggestions like we will actually read them cuz we we like we like interaction well, well we might do a little bit of thing on a show if someone writes the nice review, review if or you write write review, or you, if you I don't know we can set up an email yeah for, if that many people are watching don't know and also if you share it then it becomes bigger and it increases the budget and we can do more stuff so yeah well that's it you're free until next you're free time from our clutches uh, go back to do your work be creative and stay safe And that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget that episodes are available pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Anchor, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you name it. Be sure to share this episode, tell your friends, and maybe even leave us a review. Follow the podcast on Twitter at HollywoodPod, as well as on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Taking on Hollywood and you'll find us. You can also follow me at RealNameFake on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Flavor Day Film Club, if you want to check out my short films. Really appreciate it if you check it out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you guys will join us next Friday for another edition of Taking on Hollywood. Please, we need the money. We need the money. Please, send money. Anyway, bye. See ya.